Welcome to the Sports Business Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Berger. You can find the Sports Business Radio Podcast over 14 years, 500 episodes featuring conversations with people like Mark Cuban, David Stern, Jeannie Buss, Charles Barkley, Jack Nicholas, and Kyrie Irving on iTunes or at sportsbusinessradio.com. We're ranked in the top 100 of the business news podcast section on iTunes. Follow us in between podcasts on Twitter at SB Radio. We've been named a top 50 followed by Forbes.com for three consecutive years and on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. Well, it's that time of year. It is time for the top 10 sports business stories of 2018. And I'm joined in studio by our executive producer, Brian Griggs. Griggs, I always like doing this show, reflecting back on the year. And also, I went back and listened to the 2017 year-end show to see if some of our predictions came right. And and a few of them did. But uh, we're going to dig into the top 10 sports business stories of this year. It's always baffling when we're sitting in here and it's like, you know, a week from Christmas we're recording this. It's crazy. It's already the end of the year. It's so crazy how fast it goes. And you were we were just talking before we went on on the air here, um, how big of a year we've had. It's crazy. Yeah. And, you know, I was telling people I was just in New York, obviously, for the Oliver Luck show. And everyone there knows who Synopsis Media is. And we won Best Podcast by Synopsis Media. Griggs, we didn't even know we were nominated. (laughs) That's the best kind. We uh, we are best podcast according to Synopsis Media. It's quite an honor. We beat out the NBA and Fox Sports and a couple others. But uh, it's been a big year for us. And like you said, some huge guests on the show Michael Vick, Andre Iguodala, Eric Spolstra, Tom Garfinkel, Kerry Walsh Jennings, Tina Thompson, Jamie Messler, Bonnie Bernstein. I loved having my old friends from Nike, Mike Nakajima and Ralph Green on. They were finally unmuzzled and able to talk (laughs) and share some stories. And then last week with Oliver Luck in New York was fantastic. So uh, there really hasn't been a week where people go, who's that? It's been a big name. Every week, and and I've just been uh, in awe of what people have had to say. Yeah, I was going to say too. If you're you know looking for something to do over Christmas break, Christmas week, you got lots of podcasts on SportsBusinessRadio.com, iTunes, and all your platforms because we got great guests and some awesome shows. The Oliver Luck one was phenomenal. I listened through that one just this last week because I didn't go with you, and it was uh, it's a great show. I mean, it's just lots of good content you don't hear on the normal, normal day to day whatever. It's just we fun. we missed you in New York. Know, uh, right? There was no ice skating this year. Uh, it just didn't have the same energy without you, Brad Kinzer, our photographer, and of course, uh, my daughter, Sophia. Uh, but it was fun. Got a lot done. Lots of meetings. Let's dig in right now to our top 10 sports business stories of 2018. We and our staff got together on these. We took some input from you, the listener, via Twitter. Uh, our 10th biggest story of the year, 2018. Two new football leagues are popping up. And they're not going against the NFL. They're going to be playing in the spring. So when the football fan is starving because there's no college football or no NFL, these leagues will offer football for the, what, 45 million football fans who are out there. The Alliance of American Football and our friend Michael Vick is going to be part of that. That starts in February of 2019. They've got to deal with CBS. Uh, you know, NFL seems to be Supporting that league, uh, a lot of ex-NFL coaches in that league, Brad Childress and, and others. So it's got an NFL feel to it. Um, and then the XFL, as we well know, because we talked to Oliver Luck last week, is going to pop up in February of 2020. So they're giving themselves a longer runway to plan and to get things done. But Griggs, I'm interested to see how these do. 
if this had happened five years ago, I, I might have said, you know what, I'm not sure. But I think XFL really has a chance to succeed, A, because Vince McMahon doesn't fail very often. It's got the marketing and digital power of WWE, which is very well established. And the thing that's going to be interesting for XFL, frankly, as we learned last week, we could see high school players, like players go directly from high school to the XFL. We could see players who want to leave early and come out after their freshman or sophomore year, whether it's because of grades or they just want to start earning a living and they want to start playing professionally. So... Alliance of American Football is going to have the same NFL rules where they won't take underclassmen, they won't take kids straight out of high school, but the XFL isn't going to do that. I think XFL, and because they've got this extra long ramp, they've really got a good chance of success. And the last thing I'll say is this, Griggs. I firmly believe, and this is one of my predictions for not next year, but the year after, I think the NFL is going to lose a season. I really do. Their uh, CBA comes up, I believe, at the end of next season. So not the end of this season, the end of next season. I think they're going to miss a season. And when they do, leagues like Alliance of American Football and XFL are going to thrive because people are going to crave football. I think that's the big, big point. If they miss the season, I mean, where are people going to go? Now you've got two options. And I think you're right. I think XFL has the, the funding and has the leadership. It has the organization and the social platforms, like you said, with the WWE. That has some good potential. And Oliver had some great points on that that I hadn't thought about yet. And he was just talking about how, you know, how they're going to get in there. They've got more time. They got an extra year to get uh, planned. And I think it's exciting. And hey, you know, we're looking at football almost year round now professional football year-round, I think that's, uh, I mean, can't go wrong with that. Another huge thing, and this is for all sports now, and and it's a precursor to a, a later story in our countdown, sports gambling, okay? These are now games that people can bet on, and the states that are going to legalize sports gambling, that are going to put the app on your phone, they want as many sporting events as possible so people can bet on them. These are more football games that people can bet on. So even if you don't know that much about your favorite XFL team or your Alliance of American football team, people are going to bet on those games, and it's more inventory for betting. So that's something that can't be underestimated as well. Our ninth biggest story of 2018, big changes at ESPN, the worldwide leader in sport, even though they've taken a hit on a number of levels. Subscribership has fallen. They're still the biggest grigs when it comes to sports broadcasting. And March 5th, the Walt Disney Company picked James Patero. He replaced John Skipper in kind of a surprise move. I mean, remember last year at this time when we did our countdown, it was late breaking news in December that John Skipper was retiring. And people were like, wait a minute, he just had a meeting with the ESPN staff. He was talking about the future. What happened Well, he had led the company since 2012. He suddenly resigned, and he cited a substance addiction, which was interesting. Um, He's gone on to do other things, so he's already back you know, in the market um, doing big things. But Jimmy Patero is the guy at ESPN now, and really ESPN dictates sports broadcasting, whether it's the live sporting events that they buy, like college football playoff or NBA, Or what they're going to do with streaming, their streaming is much better now. That's been a big problem for them because, Griggs, people like me who cut the cord this year finally and I'm full streaming, you got to have options for those people now. Our kids 
They're never going to pay a cable bill. They're never going to watch on satellite TV. They're only going to watch via streaming. ESPN seems to be solving that problem a little bit better than they were a year ago. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, the sports world digitally and, you know, media wise is constantly changing and, and growing and, you know, you're cutting this, you're adding this. So I think it's ESPN, I think took a while to get to that point where like, Hey, we got to change. We're going to make some changes. We got to do some different stuff. Cause I think they're a little bit late on, you know, the ESPN plus and all that stuff. It's growing. Obviously they're getting subscribers. They're advertising it like crazy, but I think. It's a changing world and they're finally kind of realizing, okay, we got to change with it. So I think they're making good moves and they've, you know, cut a lot of the stuff they don't need and they're adding some stuff they do need. And I think it's, I think it's going to be good for them in the long run. Well, and they added a new morning show called Get Up and it's had a few different versions already. Yep. Michelle Beadle was on the show originally. She's gone now and she's focused on, you know, her work in Los Angeles, primarily around the NBA. Um, didn't seem to have a great rapport with Mike Greenberg. They've put a lot of money into that show, that set. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how long that show lasts. I know the ratings have gotten better, but I still don't know if they're better to the point where it justifies the return on investment of what you're paying Greenberg and Jalen Rose and, and some of the other people on that show. Our friend Jamel Hill, who was at Sports PR Summit, we met her in person. I'd never met her before. Was really impressed with her. Uh, very smart. You can say what you want about her politics and, um, you know, she's outspoken. But after many months of speculation, she left ESPN. She's at the Atlantic now. So ESPN's really trying to focus more on live sporting events, highlights. And they thought for a while there last year that they wanted some of that political, social commentary, they really didn't. And they've gone back to being as apolitical as possible and, and really cutting down on any political speak. Yeah. And I think uh, you just see them, you know, they're, they're revamping, they're trying new things. Monday Night Football crew is a whole new crew. Um, so you just kind of see them testing the waters, I guess, so to speak. So it's fun to see. I mean, ESPN was a giant and they were the same for so long. So many years, it's like you tune in, you know who you're going to have, Berman and all these guys. Now it's like, they're trying new people and new staff, and I think I think that's kind of exciting as a sport. I mean, I love it because it's it's something fresh, it's something new. You might not like them all, but I think it's kind of cool to see them just re- revamping and, and mixing and matching to see what works. I'll tell you the biggest mistake they've made in the last ten years: letting Bill Simmons go. <laughs> well, Bill Simmons has created a yeah. juggernaut with the Ringer. Yeah, um, you know, I listen to other podcasts. And Bill Simmons' podcast is is one that I listen to regularly. Talk about killing it with guests this year. Oh, I yeah. mean, yeah, Matt Damon and Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and so many great guests on that show. I feel like I'm doing an infomercial for them. But you look at someone like him who is just cranking out digital content and whose podcasts have started a whole network. So yeah. it's not just his podcasts. It's a bunch of other podcasts. And... ESPN, that's such an important audience to them, and they let it go. So, you know, Simmons is going to go sell that thing one day for a few billion dollars, <laughs> and yeah. ESPN's going to look back going, God, we had this guy under our umbrella. He could have created all of that under our umbrella. It would have been worth even more money. I think, you know, sometimes egos get in the way, and definitely uh, John Skipper and Bill Simmons clashed, and it didn't work out, but Bill Simmons has done a really nice job with The Ringer. Our eighth biggest story of the year 2018, Griggs, it was a World Cup year, and Russia hosted France beat Croatia in the finals. One of the big news headlines going into World Cup 
no Team USA. So everyone wondered, wow, Fox paid all this money for the rights to World Cup. What's U.S. viewership going to look like? Because there's no Team USA. And it actually, it wasn't bad. The uh, final got 11.3 million viewers on Fox. It was down a little bit from uh, previous World Cups. But I think a lot of people thought it was going to be disaster for the U.S. viewing audience for Fox. But you know what? It was really compelling. And even if it wasn't U.S., people were like, I'm watching Germany. It was cool that uh, England advanced. Like, a lot of people didn't think they were going to get that far. Russia, the home country, went further than people thought. So there were some compelling storylines. But in the end, France was the best team. The World Cup is one of my favorite events in sport because it's just, it's country. I mean, you watch these countries, they live and die for their team more than anything. You know, Croatia was in down to the wire. Right. These little countries, and it's just the the whole nation of Croatia, just they shut down. I mean, it's like this is the biggest thing in life right now is our team. And I think uh, it's just fun to see how much the these different nations and these teams come around. They, they come around them, you get the stories, some of these guys, where they came from. You know, they're playing here, they're playing here. I love World Cup. It's just exciting. And uh, we watched, my wife and I watched every game we could watch. I, mean, I was getting up at 4 in the morning to watch these <laughs> games. It was fun. I love the World Cup. Yeah, and it really is the global sport, right? Football, soccer, as we call it here in the United States. But uh, it is the global sport. It was so cool, like you said, to like watch the video of everyone in Croatia after they won and went to the finals. It it just was (laughs) like they went absolutely nuts. And it it you don't see that level of fandom very often, unless like in the United States, if your team wins the Super Bowl or the NBA championship or whatever, and. They were going crazy there. So it was really cool, and uh, it was well-run. Some people wondered, like, how is this going to do in Russia? And there were no problems and no hiccups, and it went really well. All right, when we come back, we're going to count down the final seven top ten sports business stories of the year 2018. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Happy holidays from Sports Business Radio. More of our countdown of the top 10 sports business stories of the year coming up next. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Sports Business Radio is sponsored by Boingo Wireless, the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. Today's sports fans expect strong, fast mobile connections at their favorite stadiums. Research shows that fans will leave at halftime if they cannot get connected, which is part of the reason why professional and collegiate sports venues alike work with Boingo to manage their wireless networks. As the world's leading connectivity expert, Boingo knows how to make a venue's vision for the connected fan experience a reality. They are the only company that can provide end-to-end wireless service so teams can focus on the big game, not on their network. Boingo designs, installs, and manages Wi-Fi and cellular networks at university stadiums like K-State and the University of Houston and major league venues like Soldier Field, Phillips Arena, and Vivint Smart Home Arena. We're excited to showcase how technology is changing the business of sports, led by companies like Boingo. Boingo connects you to the people and things you love, like sports. For more information, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com. We are back and we are continuing our countdown of the top 10 sports business stories of 2018. Well, we said last segment that it was a World Cup year. Griggs, it was also an Olympic year, a Winter Olympic year in South Korea, the Pyeongchang Games. 
And these also went off without a hitch. NBC had solid ratings. Chloe Kim was one of the breakout stars of the games. But Griggs, I know you said you like World Cup. I know you like watching oh, yeah. Olympics as well. Curling. I mean, how can you not watch <laughs> curling? And it was competitive, too, down at the end. I love it. Oh, yeah. No, it's great. Winter games, are so, I mean, the games in, in general, but I really love the winter ones. I grew up a big hockey fan. My dad's a huge hockey guy, so I love watching hockey. And then the snowboarding just takes king. I mean, Chloe was phenomenal, and Sean White was in it again. I yeah. mean, it's just like... Those guys, the things they can do on snow with it's those boards, unbelievable, unreal. So it's it's competitive, it's fun. NBC's always does great behind the scenes stuff and the stories you get to hear about all these guys and the athletes where they come from and the families that are there and how they traveled to get there and it's great. I, I just love the Winter Games. Lindsey Vaughn, it was probably her yep. last Olympic Games. Uh, my daughter and I had the chance to meet her at the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards in July. What a, a class act! She is, uh, you know, she's had a lot of injuries. My gosh, she is tough because yeah. she's had so many knee surgeries and so many things she's bounced back from. But she's a really nice person. Uh, I admire the career that she's had, and she's one of the the legends of Winter Olympic Games. So, and a big marketing star. I mean, she's got deals with Red Bull and all their companies, Under Armour. Um, so even after the Winter Olympics, she'll still have a shelf life. Chloe Kim, 17 years old, you would think she's just starting her shelf life. But Griggs, as we've talked many times on the show, there aren't that many athletes who compete in the Olympics who have a shelf life beyond that month and a half or so where they're competing in the Olympics, they have to find ways to stay relevant. That's the crazy thing, too. I mean, you think, you know, it's every couple of years and it's only for, you know, two, three weeks and some of them only have one or two events. I mean, they're only on TV for a little bit of exposure. But yeah, like Sean White, I mean, he's epic. He's huge. Right. He has endorsements all over the place. Lindsey Vaughn. So it's cool to see these ones that attach themselves somehow. They just they're engaging with the community and people love them like Chloe Kim and these people where it's like. You can't get enough of them, and then you keep hearing from them afterwards, and you it helps you tune into these, you know, uh, winter events and events that aren't Olympic games. You know, like a Saturday on NBC, they have snowboarding, and there's Chloe doing her thing or Sean White, and you, you want to watch it because you know these athletes. Figure skating once again drew the highest audience. It always gets really big audiences. I like watching the speed skating too. I yeah. mean, it is a tight oval that they go around. Yeah, and they are hauling you know what <laughs> if they go around that thing and. Sometimes you see a crash or two, oh, and yeah. and I could not. I, I've skated a little bit, and I used to be pretty good back in the day. But wow, they are really going fast and coming around those turns. You're just like, oh, yeah. I know. So it kind of makes it fun to watch. But uh, yeah, Winter Olympics a success. Uh, no problems on the ground there. Came off operationally very well, and NBC had pretty solid ratings. Our sixth biggest story of the year, 2018, Griggs. Griggs, we predicted this one last year, and it came true, probably more so than we thought it would. Me Too hit sports. So last year at this time when we recorded, the story had just come out from our friend John Wartime, who was at Sports Illustrated and is now at 60 Minutes as well. He wrote a story about Me Too within the Carolina Panthers organization, specifically with former owner Jerry Richardson, who has since sold the team this year. And now they're under new ownership. Well, in February, Wartime and one of his colleagues wrote a story on the culture within the Dallas Mavericks. And, oh, boy, it was really, really bad, the stories that came out of that. In April, Me Too hit Nike, 
And Trevor Edwards, the president of Nike, lost his job, as did several other top Nike executives. And then in November, it hit Under Armour when Griggs, we learned that a memo was sent out to staff at Under Armour saying, no more strip clubs on the company credit card. (laughs) So that got out. And, I mean, we sit here and laugh, and you would think that would be common sense, that you shouldn't use the company credit card to go to strip clubs, or you shouldn't even be going to strip clubs (laughs) at all in this climate. But, you know, this is only going to continue. I I know for a fact there are other leagues and other organizations that still need to clean up their act. And, you know, you would think – that once you see the Carolina Panthers and the Dallas Mavericks and Nike and Under Armour go through what they went through, that other companies would go, you know what? We better make sure that our culture and that our policies are buttoned up because this cannot happen here. It's still going to happen. Yeah, I mean, we see it in Hollywood, too. It's just been a year of, of all kinds of stuff coming out. Politics, oh too. I mean, it's every single avenue. Les Moonves from CBS. Yep. And- I mean, it's nuts. So it's good. I think you're right. I think it's like an eye opener that, hey, if we've got something that we are hiding, we better bring this to the forefront. And like you've talked about with your other company, everything's on the record. Somewhere there's a video of it. We saw that with uh, the Chiefs. Somewhere there's, you know, a tweet about this. There's, there's something. emails. There's it's text. there. Yeah, it's going to come out eventually. So I think it's you're right. Well, and the other thing that's come out after the Me Too from last year is that people are feeling emboldened to come out with their stories. And it used to be that people were like, oh, I can't really say anything. Now they're like, you know what? I'm going to say something. I'm going to go to HR. HR has got to take it seriously, as they should. And things are being solved. The woman who uh, Mark Cuban brought in to run the Dallas Mavericks now, she is no nonsense. And she has turned that thing around quickly. And that's how it should be. And I'm not saying that a woman needs to run every organization for there to be no Me Too. You would hope that men would get it as well and just know that that's not the kind of culture that you need to create at your company and that everyone needs to be treated respectfully, no matter you know what your preferences are, gender, anything like that. Um, but sports, you know, Matt Higgins said this a few weeks ago uh, from Shark Tank on our show, sports is oftentimes the last to adapt to changes. Other businesses, you know, they're ahead of the curve. A lot of times sports is slow. And I feel like there's still a lot of good old boy network in sports and some of these owners, especially in the NFL and in Major League Baseball. A lot of good old boys. And they're slow to change. They better get on board. And people better be treated better. And uh me too. It's going to continue, but hopefully it gets better and these organizations learn from the mistakes of the Carolina Panthers, the Dallas Mavericks, Nike, Under Armour, and like you said, Hollywood, TV networks, things of that nature. Our fifth biggest story of 2018, athletes get political and social. Griggs, this started last year. And remember last year on our show, I think our top story was the yeah. kneeling and the protests in the NFL. Right. And Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed and uh, Muhammad Ali had died and, and people felt so emboldened to make statements. Well, it continued this year. But I would say, you know, the NFL got through to the players and very few players knelt. It hasn't been the story that it was last year. 
But there were some big spikes this year. One was the Colin Kaepernick campaign with Nike, the Just Do It campaign. And it came out in September. And he said, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. Now, here's a guy that's got a collusion case against the NFL. We've seen a bunch of boneheads signed as backup quarterbacks, and Kaepernick still hasn't been signed. And I wonder, is it because of ad campaigns like this? Is it because people say, you know what, he's too much of a PR distraction? He's kind of a a martyr at this point, and that's his brand. I'm not sure what it is. There's no doubt that he can play quarterback better than many of these backup quarterbacks that are being signed. I mean, Josh Johnson from the Redskins, nice guy, but hadn't thrown a pass since 2011. Hmm. And you're telling me... And he was coaching peewee football. That guy's a better option than Colin Kaepernick? I, I just don't see it. So there's got to be collusion going on, or at least people are just like, you know what? I don't want to deal with that headache. But the ad, which Nike won many awards for, including Adweek's Award of the Year, Campaign of the Year, it sparked controversy as well as drew critical acclaim. So some people were like, I can't stand Nike. I'm covering the swoosh on my shirt or on my shoes. I'll never buy their product again. And other people were like, wow, greatest ad I've ever seen. This is really cool. Well done. Brave of Nike to take a stance. The ad, the way it was done, Kaepernick narrating the ad, it was really compelling and powerful. So much like our country and the politics in our country, there were two different sides of the ad. But Griggs, that ad made a lot of news. It sure did. And I mean, I think... You know, the setup and everything for it was cool. I think uh, they did a good job. I mean, it was a cool ad. It, it got the point across. It totally was Kaepernick's brand. It's his vibe. It's, you know, summed up what he was thinking, what he does think, at least what I think he thinks. And, um, you know, obviously Nike wins in the uh, the outside of it. They did pretty well. The other thing is uh, LeBron James and Kevin Durant did a piece with Kerry uh, Champion from ESPN. They're riding around in a car, and she's interviewing them, and they're talking about politics. So... Fox News commentator Laura Ingram ran the interview and told them to shut up and dribble. (laughs) Now, that sparked lots of controversy. Uh, It actually empowered and emboldened LeBron in a way that he hadn't been before. He was outspoken, but I think it like went nuclear after that for him to the point where Griggs, he actually went out and developed a documentary called Shut Up and Dribble, and it debuted in November. It aired on Showtime. So he's not going to shut up. He's been wearing shirts. Shut up. You know, I won't shut up and dribble, and I'm more than just an athlete and, and things like that. I think, as we said on last year's show, because people like LeBron and Steph Curry, who brilliantly answered a letter to a young girl who said, I went on the Under Armour website. I tried to order girl shoes. There were no girl sizes Steph, can you help me? And within a day, he's responding with a handwritten letter and had, uh, you know, that turned around on the Under Armour website so she could order girl shoes. These guys are such more responsive. But my point is with LeBron and Steph Curry and even Colin Kaepernick, who's making a lot of money from Nike, they are able to take risks that maybe some other athletes can't take because they're making so much money. If they lose an endorsement deal here or there, it's not like they're going to be looking for their next meal. So it used to be people wouldn't step out and make a, a commentary on politics or social things because they were afraid it was going to cost them their endorsement deal. Now they don't really care about it, and, and they're speaking out. Malcolm Jenkins, Anquan Bolden, 
NFL players. Bolden's now retired, but they've started the Players Coalition. My friend Christy Rome helps run that, and they've done a great job. They're doing really meaningful things in the community. So, Griggs, I think that door was burst open last year, and it only continued this year. But now we're seeing documentaries made. We're seeing uh, back and forth with the president about not going to the White House it's a really interesting time. Yeah, it's cool. I think it's great. I mean, the crossover is phenomenal. Like you said, back when you know we were younger, it's like athletes you never heard. If they weren't on the court, you didn't hear from them. And now it's like, oh, wow, we're seeing LeBron talking to Laura, about Laura Ingram, and we're crossing over with president stuff. And I love that LeBron turned that into a documentary and brilliant. I mean, it's like well, take some diversity and make it something that's cool and people want to view and want to you know, learn more about you. So I think it's it's really cool seeing these athletes become more, as you said, with Steph personable and answering people and tweeting back and forth. And it makes them more human, which makes more fans. Yeah. The last thing on this is, uh, so the guy who was kind of Kaepernick's right-hand man, Eric Reed, who also played for the Niners, did get another job with the Carolina Panthers. Griggs, he's played in 11 games this year as of this recording. He's been, quote-unquote, randomly selected for drug testing seven <laughs> of the 11 games. There are NFL players that tweet, I played in the league for years and I was maybe randomly drug tested once or twice. Yeah. He has been randomly drug tested in seven of the 11 games. Do you think the NFL's <laughs> trying to get him out of the league and to bust him on? And I mean, come on. Eric Reed isn't that dumb. He, he's not going to do something that's going to jeopardize his second chance that, the, that he's gotten. And he's played really well. Yeah. So if you're just basing it on how he plays football, he's doing remarkable. But isn't it a coincidence or ironic that seven of the 11 games that he's played in this year, he's been randomly drug tested? All right. Our fourth biggest story of 2018, the Golden State Warriors win their third title in four years. They're named Sports Illustrated Sports Person of the Year for 2018, even though it's people. And Griggs, you know, a lot of people talk about the historic achievements of the Warriors on the basketball court. But what they're doing off the court is equally as impressive. And yes, it helps that they're based in Silicon Valley. They've got tech billionaire owners. They have access to tech billionaires. Many of their players, like Andre Iguodala, who we had on the show this year, are invested and doing business with the tech billionaires. They have uh, the Chase Center opening up before next season, so 2019-2020. It's going to be the nicest arena in probably all of sports. It's going to be in San Francisco, so they're moving from Oakland. Um, it is in the high-rent district. It is going to generate lots of revenues for them. Um, Rick Welts, their president, was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame this year. So everyone talks about Steph and Clay and Draymond and KD and what they're doing, and it is remarkable. But on the business side, they are doing just as well. I think the Warriors are like the smartest team out there. I mean, they just have so many great minds on that team, yeah. on and off the court. But, I mean, just listening to our interview with Andre, I mean, the guy's just brilliant. He's got all kinds of ideas up here that are floating around, and every one of them is like, oh, yeah, that's going to work for you. Oh, that's going to make another whatever. 
and Steph, he was talking about Steph, how much he's he's a basketball player, but he's so much more outside of the, of the court. You know, he's a golfer. He's uh, he's in so many different avenues, and he's a leader. He's a leader, and you got the team ownership's great. I mean, it's they're personable. They get out there, they're shaking fans' hands. It's just a cool organization. Steve Kerr, brilliant. I mean, he's a great right. coach. I love. He's him. a great person. He knows how to talk to fans. He knows how to talk to athletes. So I think they're like the example of the NBA. Like this is the organization you want to have. They're the modern version of the Spurs. What the Spurs right. were for a long time. Now the thing that's going to be interesting, Griggs, is there's been some disharmony in the locker room. Yeah, Draymond and KD. Clay Thompson is a free agent at the end of the year. KD is a free agent at the end of the year. Draymond's a free agent at the end of the year. Boogie Cousins is a free agent at the end of this year. What does this roster look like? I will tell you this, and this isn't breaking news. If they find a way to keep those guys together, this could be one of the greatest teams that we've ever seen in NBA history. Look, they've been to the finals for four straight years. They've won three of the last four. If they're able to keep that core together, and you know, as Brian Windhorst from ESPN said when he came on our show this year, a lot of people would go, oh, my God, it's going to cost me this much in luxury tax to keep those guys together. I'm going to have to pay a small fortune. But because they're moving into this new arena, the Chase Center, they're going to have so many more revenue streams. They can afford to pay all of these guys and pay that luxury tax. They're one of the few teams, maybe the only team, that could afford to do it other than maybe the New York Knicks. So uh it's going to be interesting this offseason. Last offseason was interesting because we wanted to see what happened with LeBron. Was he staying in Cleveland? Was he going somewhere else? He went to the Lakers ultimately. But this offseason, it's going to be all about the Warriors. And I think Klay Thompson's going to stay. That's not really breaking news. Kevin Durant, I don't know. From everyone that you talk to, they they say he's going to leave. But he goes back and forth. You know, I've been around KD a little bit. Uh, I know people who know him well. He'll change his mind 10 times between now and next summer. So whatever he says now, don't put too much stock in it because it could be totally different by the time uh, the summer comes around. All right, when we come back, we're going to count down our top three sports business stories of 2018. We're counting down the top 10 sports business stories of the year. The show continues after this. Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. Bringing you the biggest names in sports business. Without further ado, we all know this gentleman. Let's give David Stern a big round of applause. Let's welcome the president of the NCAA, Mark Emmert. Give him a hand. Let's give a big hand to USC alum and co-owner of the Lakers and president of the Lakers, Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. Thank you so, so much for having me, Brian. It was very, very kind, and I really enjoyed it. Thank you, sir. Sir Charles, how are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing this morning? Today's guest is Memphis Grizzlies head coach David Fisdale. You're the man, Barrett. My guest is tennis icon Chris Everett. It was very interesting. You asked great questions, so thank you very much, Brian. Pleased to welcome to the show... Kyrie Irving, the number one pick in the 2011 NBA Draft. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to be joined by Pete Carroll, the executive VP of football operations and the head football coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Coach, how are you? Doing good. What's going on? Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio.
We are back, and we're going to count down the top three stories of 2018, according to our crack staff here at Sports Business Radio. Number three, we previewed this last year because the story broke that the trial was going to take place, and it did take place this year. It was the college basketball trial, otherwise officially known as U.S. versus Gatto, which is Jim Gatto from Adidas. And the defendants were Jim Gatto, Merle Code, and Christian Dawkins. And they were all found guilty, Griggs, after nearly a month and a half trial in October. And this has so many layers to it, but let's start with this is not a good look for Adidas. This is not a good look for the NCAA. Out of this trial, we found what the prices were to pay for players. Is it 100000 Is it 150000 You know, what's the going rate for players? We saw text messages from Kansas coach Bill Self. And what Mark Few from Gonzaga and a lot of other coaches and fans want to know, what's the NCAA going to do about this? And so far, Griggs, no surprise, they've done absolutely (laughs) nothing. So here you have a situation where these guys are found guilty in the court of law, but so far the NCAA has found no wrongdoing. And it's the perfect example of Let's not hurt the goose that lays the golden egg, Kansas. Roy Williams has been dirty for a long time at Carolina. All you Carolina fans, I know you want to deny it. Sorry. Even Coach K, do you think he gets Zion Williamson and all these other players just because they want to come to Duke's campus? Look, I used to do work for Nike. Years ago, I ran the uh, PR for... Nike All-America camp. I have NDAs. I can't go into specifics, but I can tell you this has been dirty for a long time. And this trial, Griggs, exposed some of the myths to this point that fans were like, oh, no, my team doesn't pay its player. And whenever I see a player go to a school that is kind of out of the realm, you're kind of like, I'll give you an example. And, you know, here we are based in Oregon. But Bull Bull winds up at the University of Oregon. Now, they've had a pretty good run the last few years in basketball, but do you think Bull Bull chooses Oregon over Duke, North Carolina, some of these other schools, if there's no incentive, wink, wink, if you know what I mean? And what this trial also exposed is that this starts at the grassroots level, right? There's AAU travel ball. There's elementary school coaches. There's high school coaches. They're funneling money to the shoe companies, they're funneling money to the schools, and then the NCAA raises their hands and they go, well, let's start a commission on college basketball, let's have some recommendations, which came out this year, which had no teeth to them at all, and Griggs, I don't expect much will change, but this trial convicted three people, I think there will be more convictions in the future, and just like we saw last year, Rick Pitino go down with Louisville. I can't help but think some of these other coaches at some point in basketball and football, they're going to go down as well. Because let me break the news. 
players are being paid. <laughs> yeah, and uh, coaches are definitely involved, and uh, obviously we've seen shoe companies involved. And like you said, it starts when these kids are, you know, not even teenagers because they're playing these leagues and the AAU coaches and all this. It's all starting when they're little, and it's just the funnel all the way up. And I think, if, as we've talked about many, many times, the almighty dollar continues to be the almighty dollar <laughs> if there's money involved. Look out. Well, and by the way, I have no problem with players being paid. But the rules have to change so it's above board. Yeah. And there's not like this bidding process. And I know what's happening here. So the U.S. is saying, okay, if we bust these three high-profile executives from Adidas, Jim Gatto, Merle Code, Christian Dawkins, and they do jail time, which they're going to do, hopefully that deters anyone else from any other company, any school, any AAU team from doing the same but you know what? You know how it works. Cheating's been going on in college sports for years and years and years. They're going to go, you know what? I'm going to keep cheating. They're not going to catch me. It won't happen to me. I'm too good. I won't. I won't. But as you see with the bill self tax, Griggs, like if you're going to cheat, and I don't endorse cheating, but at least use a burner phone or use someone else's phone. Bill self is like using his own cell phone. <laughs> this is like when Tiger Woods got caught with yeah. his tax, with his uh, ladies. 10 years ago, don't use your own cell phone. Use someone else's cell phone so it can't be traced back to you. Use an assistant coach or a booster or someone else. But these bozos are using their own phone. So, of course, it's easy to trace back to them. Yeah, and it's just the the whole fact that you mentioned earlier, the NCAA just putting their hands up like, we found no wrongdoing. And it's just the cycle continues of, okay, well, the court of law proves this, and then you're not going to do anything about it. It's It's baffling. All right, our second biggest story of the year 2018, and it could have been the biggest, and Griggs, I got to say, I have friends at the NCAA. I know people at USOC. Uh, I've met people at USA Gymnastics. I am off board. I'm distancing myself from all of those organizations after this story. And the story is this. Dr. Larry Nasser was sentenced to 40 to 125 years for sexually abusing gymnasts. He's the former Michigan State doctor and USA Gymnastics doctor. He was convicted. Uh, Michigan State has settled its responsibility in the case with a $500 million agreement. Uh, USA Gymnastics has filed for bankruptcy. And Nasser is, like we just said, he's not even eligible for release until 2069. So he's going to die in prison, as he should, by the way. Yeah. But... The NCAA, and I've talked about this on the show, but i got to bring it up again, and I even talked to Oliver Luck about it when I saw him last week because he used to work for the NCAA. How in God's name is this guy sentenced to 40 to 175 years in prison for abusing all of these women on the Michigan State campus? Isn't that a loss of institutional control? And the NCAA said, we found no wrongdoing. Are you kidding me? Of all of the investigations and all of the things that I've ever seen with the NCAA, this is the most disgusting. This is the worst that I've ever seen. Forget Penn State. Forget Baylor. Forget Florida State. Forget any of the other ones. The fact that they found there was no wrongdoing with this when this guy is sent away for 40 to 175 years and you've got 332 victims and counting that have come forward, my God. And the people at USA Gymnastics, that thing should be shut down. 
And if they ever reopen it again, you better do it under different leadership and people who know what they're doing and people who pay attention to this stuff. And this can never happen again, not only at Michigan State, not only at USA Gymnastics, but anywhere. And again, as I just said with the last story, you would hope that people would pay attention to this and go, we better take inventory of our own policies and our own culture, but they probably won't. And this probably will happen again. But this guy was a monster. He impacted all of these women. To me, one of the moments of the trial was when the dad said to the judge, the dad of two of the girls who were abused by him said, can I have just five minutes <laughs> with him in a room? And the judge said, I'm sorry, you can't. And the guy hopped over the railing yeah. and tried to get to Larry Nasser, and he was put to the ground by the security guards. And every father of every woman who was abused was that dad. And I'm a dad to a daughter, and I would have done the same exact thing, probably worse, if someone had done that to my daughter. So you just felt for these parents, and most of all, you felt for these women who were abused. And the fact that this was allowed to happen, and the fact that the NCAA said there was no wrongdoing, I'm done. It's just, uh, it was one of the saddest stories, watching these gymnasts go up there and tell their stories, you know, and crying through it, and their parents, and it's just like, and then multiply that times 332 that have come out. I mean, right. it's just like... That is so many lives this guy changed because of covering up and covering up and covering up. And how many people knew that's coming out too? You know, how many people covered for him? And it's just, uh, it's devastating story. And like you said, the more baffling part of it is that NCAA says, we don't have any wrongdoing. Like, what more proof do you need? Right. Again, baffling. just like this story and the last story, the college basketball trial, there are convictions yeah. in the court of law. How can the NCAA say, and I, I don't want to hear the, you know, Oliver said that this would be their line, would be, this isn't our jurisdiction. <laughs> are you kidding me? This is absolutely yeah. your jurisdiction. And the optics of it are terrible. And the NCAA is becoming more irrelevant and toothless by the day. And when I see a story like this, and again, I know I've ranted about it on our show this year, it's appalling that... No one comes down. Michigan State should be borderline death penalty, in my mind, that this was allowed to happen on their campus. And absolutely, USA Gymnastics should cease to exist. And I'm sorry for the people in the future, but take some time off, figure out how to fix this thing. And if you ever uh, unearth USA Gymnastics again in the future, it has to be done better than it was done to this point where this monster was allowed to operate. You can tell I'm pretty passionate about that story. All right, our number one story of 2018, Griggs, sports gambling is legalized in the United States. The U.S. Supreme Court legalized sports gambling in a landmark decision, 6-3, to three, and now states are open to practice their own legalized gambling. And, oh, my God, this is like, remember we talked a few years ago about fantasy sports? Yeah. And there was FanDuel. Right. And there was DraftKings, and people were spending money left and right. This makes that look like nothing. Yeah. Already, MGM Sports has deals in place with the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL. We've seen people like our friend Darren Ravel, who covered sports business at ESPN, leave for the Action Sports Network. People are running to sports gambling. I was in Las Vegas uh, a few weeks ago, and I met with some of the people from MGM Sports, and... They're going to have this Play MGM app, and Griggs, the day is going to come soon where 
everyone's going to have an app of some sort, maybe not the Play MGM, but some app on their phone, and they're going to be able to bet from their phone. It's crazy, and it's you. We've seen this. You knew it was going to happen at some point, and I think the buildup finally came to that you know breaking point, and it's going to be this next year. We're going to be talking about. A oh year my from God. now, and we're going to say, yeah. oh, have you seen this app, and who's gambling this, and how much money this guy made? It's crazy. And the thing that's cool, too, is it's like there's so many options available. Like we were talking about with the XFL and these different leagues, and there's volleyball. and there, I mean, you can bet there's so much sport going on every single day. It's not like it's just the big, you know, the big five, big three, whatever. There's gonna be, you're going to be betting on anything. Women's lacrosse, yeah. Olympic games, crazy. XFL, American Alliance of Football. Like, and, and look... This has already been happening in Europe for a long time, right. right? You can walk into the grocery store and place a bet. The thing that's going to be different about this is it's going to be much more sophisticated, right? So you're going to have the app on your phone. You're going to have an account with someone, whether it's MGM or someone, and you're going to be able to bet on a game. You're going to be able to bet on the second half of a game. Hey, is my team going to come back and, and win? It's going to be just like you're sitting in Las Vegas yeah. or in New Jersey at the sports book. And it's going to be worth tens of billions of dollars to companies, and especially the ones who figure it out and get in early, um, it's also going to affect TV. Because if you have a bet on a game, you're going to want to be able to watch it on TV or watch it streaming on digital, right? Mm -hmm. So now almost everything is going to be televised or streaming in some way, shape, or form, which is going to affect that industry as well. How much are people going to pay for rights, streaming, or broadcast? Because they want to say, hey, someone has a bet on it. I want them to be able to watch it. And it's real time. That's what's going to be fun, too. Like you said, oh, the second half, I'm going to put a bet on the third quarter. I'm going to put a bet on the fourth quarter, the final score, whatever. You can jump in. It's going to make it like it's just always going to be there. You don't have to like, oh, i got to set this up two weeks ahead. No, you can do it as it's happening and on, the, on your phone. It's crazy. I mean, I got a press release this morning that uh, William Hill, big sports casino, is appointing... Uh, Ken Fuchs as the CEO of their company, the president of digital. So, you know, what this tells me, Griggs, I always say on this show, read the tea leaves. When you see smart people leaving their jobs to run towards something else, and in this case, it's sports gambling, it tells you something. If you see, you know, people like desperate running towards something, like they're running into a burning building, then you're like, eh, I don't know how that's going to work out. But there are a lot of really smart people that are running towards sports gambling. And when you see MGM lock up leagues like the NBA, uh, the NHL, and Major League Baseball, it tells you something. So this is going to be huge. It's going to be a big story in 2019. When we come back, we will look ahead to 2019, give you some of our predictions for the sports business world. We'll also reflect on the year. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio is sponsored by Boingo Wireless, the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. Today's sports fans expect strong, fast mobile connections at their favorite stadiums. Research shows that fans will leave at halftime if they cannot get connected, which is part of the reason why professional and collegiate sports venues alike work with Boingo to manage their wireless networks. As the world's leading connectivity expert, Boingo knows how to make a venue's vision for the connected fan experience a reality. 
They are the only company that can provide end-to-end wireless service so teams can focus on the big game, not on their network. Boingo designs, installs, and manages Wi-Fi and cellular networks at university stadiums like K-State and the University of Houston and major league venues like Soldier Field, Phillips Arena, and Vivint Smart Home Arena. We're excited to showcase how technology is changing the business of sports, led by companies like Boingo. Boingo connects you to the people and things you love, like sports. For more information, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com. We are back for the last segment of 2018 here on Sports Business Radio. Greg, it's been quite a year, as we mentioned earlier, Synopsis Media Award for Best Podcast. We've had Michael Vick and Andre Iguodala and Eric Spolstra and Kerry Walsh Jennings and Jamie Messler and Bonnie Bernstein and Oliver Luck on our show. A great guest list. I feel like every podcast that we do is a master class. We're tapping in to the brains of really highly intelligent masters of their craft. And I just love learning from every one of the guests on our show. They all have an interesting story to tell. And hopefully I'm asking the right questions that our audience gets something out of these interviews. Look, people are amazing. And I think people have so many different ideas and, you know, think about things differently. So it's fun when you talk to people that have a different mindset than maybe you and I do on something and you see an insight to an industry that we don't see every day. Um, I mean, just like I was talking about with uh, Andre Egudala, he was probably one of my favorites this year because there's just so much stuff behind the scenes off the court that you don't realize you, we don't see. So I think it's it's so fun to tap into you know these brilliant minds and find out what they're thinking. It's great. And I got to tell you, Michael Vick has been on my list for a long time as someone I wanted to interview because he has such a compelling story. He was at the height of fame, making 120 million dollars at one point. And then, you know, I remember the question I asked him when he was on with us when I said, night one in prison, laying in bed, losing your freedom, what was going through your mind? And his answer was phenomenal. And he was at Sports PR Summit, and I have not ever seen an athlete who's been more reflective and candid about his past mistakes and who has owned those mistakes than Michael Vick. So it was really great to meet him at Sports PR Summit in New York in May and then have him on Sports Business Radio this year. Griggs, let's look ahead to 2019. Some things that I'm paying attention to, as we said last segment, sports gambling, it's only going to continue to grow. What's the NFL going to do? You know they're going to make a deal with someone like the NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball have done with MGM. So what's the NFL going to do? And they're really the king of gambling. I mean... My gosh, there's more money bet on NFL games than anything else by a long shot. So that's going to be a big deal. The other thing that I'm really interested in, and I love this trend, the growth of streaming and microcasting. So the NBA announced here in December that they've offered League Pass forever, right? You can buy League Pass, watch any NBA game. Now they're offering quarter by quarter. So the (laughs) final three quarters of a game will cost four ninety nine. The second half of a game will go for two ninety nine and the fourth quarter will be priced at a dollar ninety nine. So Griggs, cool. if you hear your favorite team is like in a great game, it's coming down to the fourth quarter, I gotta run to the T V. Gosh, I don't want to pay the price for the whole game or even the whole season. I can pay a dollar ninety nine to watch that game. Brilliant. Yep. That's something uh, I think 
could have happened many years ago, but I love it. I think yeah. it's awesome, and I think people are going to soak that up big time. Well, and you would have to think, please, God, let this happen, that the <laughs> yeah. other leagues right. go, you know, the NFL, you can watch the fourth quarter for this. Great. Major League Baseball, you can watch the last three innings for this. NHL, you can watch the third period for this. Like, people want a la carte. And the other thing, like we talked, betting, right? Mm-hmm. So if you've got a big bet, and you just want to see how it turns out, and you just want to watch the end of the game, there's money to be had. Yeah. And these leagues are seeing this, but I love microcasting. I love anything that's a la carte. That's why I love podcasting, because we can program our own audio and listen to whatever we want, whenever we want, on demand. So I, I think this is going to be really interesting to watch. They're also on Amazon Prime now, they announced. So mm-hmm. they're getting on the right platforms, and they're offering microcasting. I hope the other leagues follow suit. I think it's going to be big in 2019. How long is the NCAA going to continue to exist in its current form? Griggs, I think it's toothless. As we said last segment, I think the way they botched the Dr. Larry Nasser thing with Michigan State, how they've done nothing with the college basketball trial and those convictions – Yes, it's hard to answer to 1,100 university presidents, but this current format or version of the NCAA is not working. It it no longer has the teeth that it needs to have. I don't know that I have a solution. Is it an outside agency like we've suggested on the show for many years um, that doesn't report to the presidents, that is not binding to those presidents? But I think the NCAA is getting closer and closer to going extinct We'll keep our eye on that. Where are the Raiders going to play for 2019, Griggs? Because we know they're going to Vegas in 2020, but the city of Oakland is suing the Raiders. The Raiders are not happy about that. Would the Raiders go to San Diego (laughs) and play there for a year or go somewhere else and play for a year before they go to Las Vegas and throw the middle finger to Oakland saying, you're suing us? We're out of here a year earlier than we told you we would be. If they go back to Oakland for the last year, what's that going to be like? You're in a lame duck franchise. Yeah. Do people even come to the game? <laughs> or do they give you the middle finger and say, you're going to Vegas next year. Get the hell out of here. So the Raiders will be very interesting to watch in the next year. Um, and then in that same Northern California region, the Warriors are moving into their new arena, like we said. And it's going to bring new revenue streams with them. But their offseason, Kevin Durant. Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. Will they keep the dynasty alive or do they break it up? And what does that look like? Where does Kevin Durant go? Where does Clay Thompson go? I think he's going to stay in Golden State, though. Where does Draymond Green go? It's going to be interesting because, as we said, that is the model organization in sports right now. And if they break up early, I think a lot of people will look back one day and go, it's just like when Kobe and Shaq broke up. Think of what could have been with them. But they broke up and probably cost themselves several titles because they couldn't put their egos aside. You literally hit on all the things. Oh, great. But one more thing (laughs) that I'm interested about, too, because I love uh, how architecture works and I love the new arenas being built. Yeah. So the like the 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 Rams game, the Rams game, they were showing some uh, drops of it. And I'm like, this is incredible. And the see through glass ceiling and all the stuff. So I'm excited to see these arenas come into life. And like you said, Oakland, too. What's what's going to happen in Vegas? Are they going to build a new one there? What's going to happen there? The new one, uh, not Oracle, but in San Francisco. How's that one going to look? Chase Center. Yeah, I think uh, that's exciting to me just to see 
how big and bad these things. Like we saw when, uh, you know, Jerry's World opened. It was like, whoa! And then Mercedes-Benz, whoa! And now it's like, what's going to happen in L.A.? So I'm excited to see where these new arenas go. Well, and you bring up a good point because with everything being so readily available on streaming and TV, it's harder and harder to get people to go to the venue and pay money, lots of money, to go be part of the game experience. So these new stadiums and arenas are having to take it next level. Yep. And offer so many things. And who was it the other day? Uh, another team, gosh, I can't remember who it was, uh, dropped the price of concessions. Oh, and yeah. Good. You know, a lot of teams are like, hey, it's $5 for beer mm-hmm. and pretzel, hot dogs. They're seeing, they have to work harder to get people to the venue. Right. They have to offer a better value once you're at the venue. You can't charge ridiculous prices for parking and for food and concessions. You have to give people VIP experiences. One of the things that stuck out to me the most this year is when we interviewed Tom Garfinkel, and he said how they took that section of seats yep. and they turned it into VIP seats. And you don't have to sit in the suite. You want to be seen down by the field and, you know, J-Lo and Puff Daddy and, you know, all the people that live in Miami are going and sitting in these seats. Teams are getting creative. Yep. I'm sure Golden State's going to have a section just like that, mm-hmm. you would think, where people can sit and not be bothered. They probably have private parking. They got their own kind of champagne. You know, all this kind of stuff where it's over the top, but you're taking advantage of the spanking new venue and the game experience. So anything else that you're looking for in, in 2019? No, I mean, those are, like you said, you kind of hit the thing. NCAA is a big one. I want to see where that goes, if it goes anywhere. And, uh, yeah, the arenas and where KD and the the free agency was kind of like when LeBron, we didn't know where LeBron was going to go. It's a fun off season for the NBA because you got big names that are floating. So that'll be fun to watch, too. Well, and NBA Twitter, gosh, the off season yeah. is, is just as, as fun. Yeah. Um, you know, something that's coming soon, maybe even before the end of this year, where's Bryce Harper going to sign? Where's yeah, Manny right. Machado going to sign? How big are those contracts going to be in baseball? And then, you know, as I pointed out earlier in the show, what's looming is the NFL collective bargaining agreement. And that is the biggest league by far. What's going to happen with them? We'll keep our eye on that. All right. Some thank yous. Boingo has been a great sponsor for us this year. ZipRecruiter and Robinhood. Thank you for being wonderful partners here on Sports Business Radio. Uh, Griggs, it's been a great year with you. Thank you so much for all your efforts and, and your hard work. Uh, I want to tell people that the 2019 Sports PR Summit is on sale now. So we've had Adam Silver, Michael Vick, Jamel Hill, Tom Rinaldi, Jeff Gordon, Gary Batman, Stephen Ross. I mean, just an amazing list of people. Lisa Leslie and Swin Cash, Jamie Messler at our event. It's going to be May 21st at the Players' Tribune in New York. If you're a senior PR or social media executive, we only allow 125 people in. So we cap it at 125. You better reserve your spot. You can go to sportsprsummit.com. It's on sale now. I want to wish everyone out there a happy holiday season, a wonderful new year, and here's a greeting from my daughter, Sophia. This is Sophia Berger. Merry Christmas and happy new year. But the fire is so delightful. Since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow.